It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Trateris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my cross, the power the man, the plan, the one, only, the one and only, John Malika. He's, we're back, baby. We're back to talk about the New York Knicks. You're, you're back from Minnesota after watching the Jets lose a brutal game, although there is a, there's some positive takeaways from that game. It was a tough one, a tough L, but there's some positive takeaways. You and Greg held it down yesterday. You guys recapped it from your, uh, your hotel room. That was an interesting <laughs> wall I saw. I don't even know what to think of that wall that you were, I don't know if you were outside the stadium. Reporting no, from no, the game no. live, freezing. No, no, I, was, I, was in, I was indoors, thank God. <laughs> you got to be indoors in Minnesota. That's the number one rule, which, again, still completely unfair that they play indoors, bro. We're hitting 60-yard field goals in there. Oh, that's whatever. We're still we'll yards. Field, but, how, but how you doing, man? How you feeling today? I'm good, man. It was just, it was just an, such an L weekend. Like It started off uh, as I was landing, uh, the U.S. soccer was getting crushed. Right, like we even had some hope into the first half that we got crushed. And as I'm waiting for my hotel room, I'm watching the Knicks play Dallas, and everything's looking good again early, and then we absolutely get crushed. I'm like, this is just gonna be such a bad weekend. The Jets did the opposite to me; they got crushed early, <laughs> and then came back at the end. Uh, you know, fell at the end here. But yo, know, I I can't believe it. But the Knicks, man, the Knicks were the only positive thing to come out of this weekend, and they kind of saved me, man. I was I was reeling, barely tough loss, freezing in Minnesota. Just did the recap episode. I don't want to watch football. You know, I, I need a break from football. I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm exa- hoping the Chargers and, and the Dolphins lose, but you know, I, I just need a break. So the Knicks are on. I'm like, here we go. Like here we go. We got the Cavs in town. But yo. They they played well, and I'm not sure whether to be really excited about it or just infuriated because <laughs> if you can play this well, why did we look like a D3 basketball team in the second half of Dallas? Just because Bro. it was a 12-30 game? Like, I, 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 like, it's so infuriating. If we can beat the Cavs, who are, in my opinion, top four team in the East without a question, like, what are we doing? And oh, so I'm, I'm excited to get into it, man. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. I can't believe the Knicks are my only saving grace from this weekend, but here we are, man. Here we are. And, you know, thank God we got uh, a great guest with us today to really break it down. We got Recurring Yao Jeez, guest. Reoccurring guest, friend of the pod, man. We love his music, entry level, back to the basement. He's actually in the basement right now. <laughs> All right? I, I am. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> the jersey recently, so I got, my, got me in a little man cave. Down here, I haven't set it all the way up with, with my Knicks gear in the background yet. That's coming very soon. But you know, we we are here. You know what I mean? Rep- represent. Appreciate y'all for having me. Of course. Of course, man. You're a friend of the pod. Like I said, we love talking to you, chopping Knicks with you, man. Just sports in general and life. You're a great person to ch- uh, chop it up with. So, what's <laughs> how are you feeling, man? Knicks, look. If you're like me, and if you're like <laughs> John, I don't know what we just watched this past weekend or what we've been watching overall. I mean, we're eleven and thirteen. Uh, Man, I mean the the de- I mean the definition of mediocre. Like it's just right in the middle. There's no like it's it's what uh, CP always refers to as basketball purgatory. I think we, is where we are right now. Um, or as our friend, our other friend CK says, we are mid. <laughs> We're so mid. We are so Super mid. Duper mid. Um, this, this weekend was 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 a tough one for me as well. Obviously with the uh, with the game on Saturday. I mean. You know, I had the day off. You know, I just came back from vacation, you know, so I was just like, okay, big game. You know, Luca, Luca never really kills us in the garden. You know, we, we, we're undefeated against him. I, I want to say undefeated against him all time since he's been in the league. So I figured yep. the really good showing and the exact same thing happens in all of our losses this year where we get up big and all of a sudden we can't hit the ocean and everybody forgets how to play basketball. So I'm literally <laughs> like vexed. Also lost in the spreads that day, you know. So it's just like you know. And listen, for me, I've had a tough year in the spreads anyway. Just a very tough, um, playing in bed. So you know, um, there was that, and then you know, I, at this point, I'm just like, yo, let's get our tank on, and they turn around. <laughs> 
Here we go. Here's a tank. I didn't smile one time, I, but I was happy about the win. But literally the entire 48 minutes of the game, I'm just sitting there just like, this is what you guys are doing. You guys are playing with effort today. I just, I just, couldn't, just couldn't believe it. So It's just so uh, early to be thinking like that. That's what hurts so much. <laughs> like last time, last time we, we met up, we were at the home opener last year, mm-hmm. right? Us three together. Uh, it was the Celtics. It was Fournier. I mean, it no, was it was Minnesota. It was Minnesota. It was Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Minnesota. No, sorry. Well, I saw you at the game in Minnesota, but the last time I was on the pod, yeah, was talking about I believe the last time I was on the pod is when like we 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 were like five and four. It was early in the season. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. We like, it was just such high optimism. Like we were so optimistic, and then the Minnesota, we were so optimistic. Man, it's so early right now. We're only five and seven at home, and but, we're sitting here talking about tanking already. And honestly, I can't blame you, man. Because because you know what it is? It's because it, it looks like the exact same thing, like literally the exact same thing. Um, all the, all the reason why we lose all our games are the exact same reason why we're losing games for the Mitch gets into foul trouble, can't stay on the court. Julius is sloppy with the pill. RJ can't finish at the cup to give us legit second and third scoring. Jalen Brunson has been wonderful. But literally, those three things have been happening in the last three three years, and it's the reason why we've been losing games, and they happen every time. I mean, we implode. We don't like the thing about the 2021 season that's really interesting to me is was it 2021? Yes, yeah, it was 2020, 2021. Yeah. Um, I was literally like watching every game and with intent, like, "Yo, they're playing mad hard. They're everybody is playing super duper hard." And it was like I remember getting my group chat. I was like, "Yo, we're losing some games. We play mad hard, and Julius is hooping." Couldn't say anything else about the team, and then we got Derrick Rose. And the ball started rolling. And it was just like mm-hmm. everything kind of came together. We don't play hard anymore, you know? Like, we play mm-hmm. hard in spurts, but it's never for, like, the full 48. And with a team like this that has no real, like, athletic advantage over any, any of the teams, you have to play efficient basketball and you have to play hard basketball for 48 minutes just to compete and give, you a chance to, give yourself a chance to win. And it's uh, it's just mediocre over there, bro. Like it happens in spurts, and it's been, and that's the reason why they're eleven and thirteen because it happens in spurts. It feels like they play like they think they're above the talent level than they actually are, which is, you know, I need some self awareness <laughs> on this team. <laughs> like they think, yeah. like when I watch Utah, when I watch all these other teams that are shocking, right? Even Portland. Like, yeah, they got Damian Lillard, but even when they were without Damian Lillard, all those other guys just played their asses off and they wanted to compete. And then you watch the Knicks and they feel like, well, you know, we could turn it on whenever we want. I'm like, who, who, who do you think you are that you could turn it on at any moment? And, and, and the thing about it is like, even when, even when you think that you guys never turn it on, even yeah. when, <laughs> even the game that we win, you guys never turn it on, like fully just put like the absolute, like completely demoralize a team. The Knicks don't do that. They don't do that. When they win, it's because, you know, certain things fell their way. Other teams might be having an off night or just or just everybody just happened to be engaged on a certain night. But it's never anything consistent. Or, or the ref calls 18 travels. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, like this past weekend, of, man, a lot of them were travels, though, like legit. They were terrible. You know what I mean? But, but still, you know, okay. it was the most travels called since 2007. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. You know, like it's it was like after watching them play Dallas that I was just, you know, yeah, you said vexed. Like I was just <laughs> so angry. I could not even I I I honestly thought Tibbs was gonna get fired, and I thought everyone was just getting traded the next day. Like that's how I felt, and I felt like they should have because I don't because it was again, man. It was again that we saw another lead. That we just dwindled and lost by twenty. You know, we get we get demolished by OKC, Atlanta, we, all these other teams. Just like yo, we're about to come through, drop yeah. some mad points. You know, don't and, and, matter. And it's and it's literally the exact same way. I saw. So I'll, so I'll tell you, early in the season, I want to say we're three and two. Uh, Atlanta's coming into town on, on that Wednesday. You yep. know, big game, national TV. You know. Boys are hype. We're on a group chat, you know, discussing what might happen or whatever the case may be. And, and DeJounte got that steal and that dunk. And we completely melted after that. And literally, I was like, I have not watched a game 
the same since that game. My, and my homie called me. He was like, everything changed that day for me. All my yeah. opposite, all, all the optimism for the year went out the window because it was like, oh, nah, we're not good. <laughs> we're, not a good mm-hmm. we're not a good basketball team because even in the NBA, when that happens to teams, at the very least, it's got to be some fight back. You know what yep. I mean? Like you Balance. fight back and find a way to at least cut the lead to one to, because you can't be playing that bad for the score to completely invert itself where you're up 18 and all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, you're, you're down 12 or 13. Like that is inexcusable to me. And it's been happening. All, every one of our losses has been similar to that. It's yeah. Bad. Like with, with that, with Brooklyn or like you just don't even show up to like score. Oh, and it's, it's like, even when we came back and Boston lost that 20 point lead to us last season with the RJ buzzer beater, it still came down to a buzzer beater because at least they fought back, right? You could say, oh, they fought back. They at least had some sense of pride. When I watched against Dallas, I was like, do you not even have a sense of pride right now to just stop Tim Hardaway Jr.? Bro, like the, and, the, I, the, and I, I love Tim Hardaway Jr. walking through the gym saying, this is my city. Should, should not be happening. And it's like, nobody's even angry about it, visibly. You know what I mean? And that kind of like, I'm a, I'm a, at a, at heart. I know I'm a, my, I got an arthritic knee right now, so I'm a, hooper, I'm, a, I'm a hooper at heart. At heart, like listen, like y'all y'all don't know, but I I used to hoop a lot in, out here. But you know, age and attrition, and you know, but at in, in like I have to be able to compete. And if somebody's dogging me like that, I'm just going to get angry, stone elbow, foul somebody hard. Like none of that happens. I, I know that's not the nature of the league that we that we're in now, but it's just like yo, is somebody angry? Anyone, RJ, are you angry at all about about how you're playing? Like, because, and I will say he's he's turned he's been better, mm-hmm. but he's still playing the exact same way he played last year, and it's like, where's that's the, an improvement? That's an improvement right now. It is, it is. But for me, it's like, where's the fire? Where's the dog? The thing that concerns me about RJ most is, I feel like he's lost a step athletically. Like, the one thing you – when RJ had bad games offensively, the one thing you used to be able to bank on is effort and defensive defensive engagement. Mm-hmm. Bro, I've seen Dylan Brooks cook him for a couple buckets. I've seen um, Grayson Allen. You know, these guys wow. – yeah, Kevin Knox got to step on him, man. Kevin yeah. Knox got, got, got a couple buckets. And it was like, bro, what is – where's the pride? Like, this never used to happen to you. Like – I remember him defending DeRozan as hard as possible, Tatum as hard as possible, like, you know, giving them, not necessarily fits, but, you know, making them work for their buckets. And it's like, Dylan Brooks is just cooking you to the cup? I mean, I like, <laughs> like, RJ. And from from those who watched the last podcast I was on when I was on here, nobody, people know that I root, I root for RJ probably more than any Nick that I can remember, maybe besides, like, early Melo and Pat. Yeah, I root for RJ because I I believe in him because of his you know mind for mindset, but it's not manifesting on the court. Missing, you still missing bunnies? You still getting to the cup and missing? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god, that kills me so much. Like <laughs> his missed layups kill me so much. But he's been better at the free throw line, which which, which I, I got to give him. I, listen, I got to take the small victories right now. Because I, you, we're, we're <laughs> so sad, man. What you know, Alex, uh, you, we're talking about this Dallas game. I'm so glad you guys keep bringing it up because to me, I can't, I still can't believe that we lost by 25. We were up by 20. No, like, this that, is what I'm saying. That was the game for me. That was the game for me where I was like, guys, you know what? Like in my head, I'm like, yo, you know what? Maybe this Knicks team isn't making the playoffs. Which is so sad. Like, are we really not going to make the play? Are we really not going to make the playoffs? And I'm staring at the standings. I'm like, Washington, Indiana. Like, these teams are legit better than us. They're legit better than us. We suck. And they're the thing, the the one thing that they have all that's all common, they're all more athletic than us. Everybody has an athlete. Benedict is on is on that team. Kuzma is is more athletic than really more athletic than anybody anybody on our team. And that's crazy to say, you know what I'm saying? Because he's not, he's not Kuzma's not an athletic like. We wish we had Kuzma. We wish we, wish we had Kuzma. Kuzma is everything we wish Cam Reddish was. I, I completely agree. And e- even that, like, they, even Cam Reddish, last season beautifully, he fell off, and then Tibbs decided he's going to put him like 
he didn't. He was a DMP yesterday. Let's get into this, man. And let's talk about this because I'm looking at Tibbs. I'm looking at these situations. You know, I get that he's coaching for his wife. Cam Reddish is now. We're going to talk about Cam, but I want to get on Tom Thibodeau because. Let me, let me ask is you this. this. Is, is he coaching for his life? I think so, man. I legitimately think he's coaching for his life. Whether it's going to be, whether he's fired within the next month or so, or whether he gets fired at the end of the season, something's got to give. You can't tell me that you have a defensive coach. We talked about this on the last pod and John pointed out we're bottom five in defense, man. Like yeah. you can't hold yourself as a defensive guru and then have poor defense out there and not be able to hold your team accountable. And at some point, something's got to give, whether it's the front office saying, we're trying to save our lives over here. Or Tom Thibodeau says, I'm going to somehow gain the respect and trust of this team. And we're going to turn around. Look, shout out to Jonathan Macri of Nick's film school. You know, he called out that there's going to be a lineup change and there was a lineup change in Philly when he called it that day. He's also said that there's some, some words in the locker room where not everyone's in, all in on Tibbs. And we can see that. You know, you don't just give up the way, cause you know, as an athlete, if you give up like the way you did against Dallas, like against Atlanta and everyone like that, you're just, the coach is going to lose their job. Like that is just, the, that's the first person to go, whether it's right or wrong is the first person to go. And I'm looking at Tibbs now and I'm just like, I can acknowledge that he's made, you know, he's staggering minutes, rotation changes. They're not all template as every single night, even though he can go back into a template form. I can say at least he's trying this season. Has it fully worked out every single night? No, I can at least say that he's trying. But the thing that I have to keep questioning is where's the accountability for everybody? Where's it on the entire playing field? There's, if you can, hold Brunson accountable and not play him in the entire fourth quarter. If you could do that for RJ Barrett, like I looked at that for like Randall needs to be held accountable too. Like that, like there, there could be no favoritism on this team. Cam has a sloppy game against Dallas. And then he's just like, Nope out. And it would make it to back from a 10 to a nine man rotation. And McBride gets in there. I know he said Derek Rose needs to rest, but you also took out Cam Reddish too, who is like, where's the accountability? You know, and if you're, if you're, if you're a player and shout out to my guy, Jeff, who pointed this out, like if you're Cam Reddish, you're given that you're given the opportunity to earn starting minutes and to fight for that job. And then Quentin Grimes comes back and then he just goes back into that position. Like Grimes is like automatic starter and there's not really a fight for someone to earn it. How are you earning trust throughout the entire locker room? And now I'm questioning tips. It's like, is this the guy to be doing this? Is this the guy to be coaching this team? I'm starting to lose faith in this guy because look out I, I was defending Tibbs last season people were coming from my head even though I know there were some tweets on Twitter saying you don't know this you don't know that like how can you support Tibbs on these rotations I'm like look man gotta give him one more scene let's see if he can adjust and do stuff like that but I'm really losing faith in this guy seeing that he can't it's like this whole situation is just all over the place where, where are you guys feeling right now yeah I'll start with you for me I think, listen, for me, obviously, I, 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 Tibbs has a lot. He has to carry a lot of the blame for what's going on these last two years, particularly with the way he handled Julius last year by not, not holding him accountable. And they really, I, he really, I want to, I don't want to be, he, there was some coddling there. Like not, not, not present, like the way he treated other players, you know, calling, he called RJ out last year. He called some people out and not, and just keep, he kept praising Julius, um, undeservingly, you know what I mean? It really, I think that might have, those young players look at that, you know, they, they, they carry that with them through the summer and the next year, particularly if, they, if they're playing well. So I think I want to be very clear. Tibbs has, is very archaic in some of the decisions he makes. If you notice, like I said this last year, he doesn't even really converse with his assistant coaches on the sideline <laughs> during the game. If you watch it, he's really like, the man who makes all decisions, substitution patterns, and all that. So he really has to carry a lot of the responsibility as well. But as far as him being fired, do I think he should be fired? Yes. Do I think he will be fired? No, because I I, I had this feeling that Leon Rose is just is just exponentially loyal to Tim to Tom Thibodeau. 
Because if we are looking at things in a, in a fair, Tom Tito could have been fired last year, and it was it was it wasn't even a thought on Leon Rose's mind. So I think that if he does get fired, it won't be mid year. He's going to give him the entire year. I just feel like he's that loyal to this guy. It, it, it gives me um, Mara Gettleman vibes a little bit mm-hmm. as, as far as the way mm. their um their relationship is. As far as when we see from the outside, obviously we don't really hear from Leon Rose because. That's his thing as well. Um, but there's a there's also Leon Rose also has to take a bit of responsibility as well because his roster is flawed. You have two two picks, two players you picked in the first round are in the, in their third year and coming off the bench because of older players that you gave contracts to. There's no reason for Julius Randle to be on this team right now when we're this mediocre. There's also no there really is no reason for Derrick Rose to be on this team. <laughs> I mean, like th- those guys shouldn't even shouldn't even be here. To, like, if we're looking at the team as it's constructed right now, yes, Julius gives us what he gives us, but Julius is not go- Julius is nowhere near the All NBA player he was in 2021. So, looking at that and looking at the roster and his contract, it does it just doesn't match up to me. So, I feel like a lot of the flo- a lot of the weight also has to come on Leon Rose and the players too. Like RJ hasn't taken. Much of a state step as well. Feel like he's he's regressed a little bit. But with that said, Tibbs definitely should be fired. I feel like he has not done a job. He has missed the mark as a coach for this organization. So, John, what are yeah, your so thoughts, man? I'm somewhere in the middle between you guys, right? So I, I agree that Tibbs is not going to be fired during the season. However, if we have a bunch of games like that Dallas game, Alex, I kind of agree with you. There was a piece of me that was like. Hey man, there, it's possible that Tibbs is now all of a sudden on a really, really hot seat, but he came back and won the Cavs and I think, I feel like it cooled and he's, you know, we, we see the progression of coaches, right? In all sports, but we, especially in basketball, you see once you're on that line, like once you're on like the, Hey, is he going to get fired? Is he not? His contract's coming up. It tends to go like it just depends on how the week goes. It depends on how the last game went. It really does. If if your players don't show you effort, and that's a really good point that you guys are honing in on. And I, I want to just stop here for a second. You guys keep talking about Julius Randle. And I've been the number one Julius Randle apologist, I would say. But I think there's a little bit of part of me that thinks that the reason he has changed is, like you said, Alex, because of the lack of accountability. When he first came to the Knicks with Tibbs, the glorious year that we all can't stop thinking about. And I'm starting to think it really was the year from hell because without, without it, it's, it's such a deodorant for us because that's all we can go back to, man. It's so funny. Y'all has his hand, head in his hand. I, <sighs> I agree with you. Alex hand on top of his head. I, I totally agree with you. We're like fatigued from it, but yo, there was a sense of accountability there. You play defense, you work hard. It doesn't matter how you do on offense. Tibbs will hold you up. You know, there's not going to be an offensive game plan, so you can kind of do your ISO. You're not going to get in trouble, you know, for shooting or doing whatever you want, holding the ball for 12 seconds as long as you play defense. And it it just doesn't happen anymore. Now RJ can miss 75 times, and he'll lead the league in minutes. Now Randall doesn't have to get back on defense, and Obi will never touch the floor. Uh, uh, For some reason, Hartenstein gets 27 minutes a game where he stinks. Uh, All of a sudden, we're playing an overtime game with Randall. And Obi in at the five four against a real center. Like some things are are are, are egregious. So while I do think that Tibbs is at least going to make it through the year, if he makes it through the year, we're not even a play in. We're he's getting fired. If we're a play in, and we don't make the playoffs, it's still possible that he actually does get fired. But if, if during the season we have a bunch of Dallas Mavericks games, I'll just categorize it as that. He's, he's, he's gonna, he already lost the locker room if we had a bunch of Dallas Mavericks games, but he's gonna also lose the, the ownership. And this is so fun. I just randomly just popped in my head now that we say ownership. I think it was last game versus the Dallas game. They had, uh, no, what, well, there was a game with, uh, RJ, uh, recently when RJ had clutch free throws and he might have missed one. Uh, and they had a camera view and because Dolan sits right under the basket. Mm-hmm. And you could just see Dolan's face when he missed that. No, it was Mitch. It was Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson had oh, two. Oh, no. It was Mitch. I forgot how it was. Those were charcoal bricks, too. My God, those were charcoal bricks. 
Man. Yo, Dolo was so pissed. I was like, yo, Mitch, watch out, bro. Don't be complaining on Instagram and then missing free throws in front of Dolan. Oh, that was Memphis then. You're thinking, you're thinking about Memphis then. Cause that's when yeah. he was at the, the free throw line for some of those. Um, but yeah, man. And like, just so that I can clarify where the Knicks stand, because after a good performance against the Cavaliers, they're now, they now bounce back up with defensive rating. They're now the 23rd. Ranked team moving on, on up, baby. Moving on up, and moving now on up from with the eleven seed, bro. Third, eleven seed, Alex. What up? <laughs> Gross, man. Look, I think I'm really like I'm off. Like, I there's no way there has to be such a turnaround to even get me back on the Tibbs train. He's I am out. I can't. There's no way to, I can't even defend it, man. Like, I, I acknowledge at this point, I have to just acknowledge what he does, but I can't even just say. We, like, I can't even be like fully supportive of Tibbs. Be like, all right, this is a good game. Oh, this is a bad game. Because at some, at the end of the day, the coach is there to hold the team accountable and to try to squeeze the most out of them. And I don't even feel like you're squeezing the most out of this team anymore. Because if, if, if you don't even have Randall playing like he did, granted, John, we can go back and what we like to say for Quinn and Williams contract year, man, it was in a, he was like, whoa, 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 I need to get this contract. Shirt up, man. I need to get this contract. Shirt up. But you can't, he's not holding anybody, man. And the, and the, and the sad thing is, I think he actually is a good coach for these young guys, like quickly, Obi, all of them, because when you watch them play, even towards the end of last season, and that was my saving grace is that they all played the style that he wanted. They all played tough. They all played physical. They played fast. They did everything that he wanted to do. But now when you were giving these starters outside of Jalen Brunson, just leeway to just be like, eh, whatever, you know? Randall just not getting back on rotations. RJ not getting back on rotations. How can I support that man? How can I support you being a defensive guy? If it's not that. And I think that, but why I go back, it's the, it all goes to Leon Rose, man. Cause you're wow. supporting this. And I have to, I don't care. We can argue about players. Cause I get that they play. I can argue about coaches trying to, you created this. And I, I, you, I have to put it on Leon Rose's head. He is the first guy to get it because you, you create this product. It stinks. Most teams, when they, when they think of like how they're going to build somebody or build a team, I should say, it's, do we have that player that we can actually build around? You will get the Warriors. It's Steph Curry. You will get the Bucks. It's, uh, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo. You'll get the Portland Trailblazers. It's Damian Lillard. You look at the Suns. It was like, we got Devin Booker. And that's the guy we got to make sure like he's not a point guard. You know, we got a center. We'll go get Chris Paul, but it's Devin Booker. I will get this Knicks team. I'm like, who did we decide to build around? Cause as of right now, we decided to build around nobody. Okay. Well, we're we, like, we decided RJ, but then he, we realized he can't miss a layup after we paid him. But did we? So even, now it's Jalen Brunson. Are we saying, but is, are we saying that we're building around RJ? Because we gave Randall the bag first. Last season was all the Randall show. Now we give RJ the extension. You got Brunson here. Brunson's been a great ad. I don't, I don't blame that at all. I love it. I love the sign. We need a point guard. We need somebody who can keep this ship steady. Even if it's winning seasons or losing seasons, you need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing and he knows what he's doing. But who are the, who is the guy that we're saying this is their team? Who? Like, I have no idea. Yeah. Because they all, all three of those guys, they don't do the exact same thing, but they all score in the same place and they all need the same thing. They need shooters. The guys who could space the floor and we're not doing that. We have Mitchell Robinson. So yeah, got four guys in the paint and you got Quentin Grimes out there. Who's can I put my here? optimism, can I put my optimism hat on though? Sure. This is, I know I agree with both of you. We're doing so bad. We're in mediocre land. Yeah. doesn't even want to watch games right now. Right. It, 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 we, we don't know. There's no direction. We're scared of the coach being fired. We're blaming the front office. I agree with all of it. However, we're two and a half games away from being fourth place in the East. <laughs> like it's, you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's insane. And we have the easiest schedule coming up. Like we had a gauntlet originally in the beginning of the season. Now we're playing the Atlanta Hawks who the, the guard and, and the coach are fighting, right? And Trey Young's not going to play. Then we got the Hornets, the Kings, the Bulls twice, and then the Pacers. Dude, like there is a scenario where all of a sudden <laughs> in a week we're like, oh wow, we are right smack dab in the middle of the Eastern Conference now. And then we're gonna be fighting about is it worth it to make the playoffs and lose? Or should we tank? Like, you know, b- back to that those old conversations. Do you guys think that there is a way here 
for us to bounce back. We know about all the trouble, right? We, yeah, we've yeah, aired yeah, our frustrated right now. He doesn't want to hear this. I know. I want to hear from him because we, we've aired the grievances, man. We've aired the grievances. So what's your outlook no. on the next, the next five, six games? <laughs> no. here? Like, what do you the, think? The, what do you think is going to happen? Is, man, like, how do you mean? Like, do I have nothing with the season? With the ha- what, how? No, no, just happen? the next five, six games. Let's let's keep it. Let's keep it okay. small. The next five, six games are you. You mentioned Indiana. I think all these teams are better than us, mm-hmm. and they all have better coaches than, us, than we do. <laughs> I just that, like you mentioned. We play Indiana. We play Atlanta. I know. I, I know that we can. We can beat Atlanta per se, but even if Trey doesn't play, they still have the best player on the floor, the Dejounte. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. still have. Regard, we don't, we don't, I, I can't see anything happening that's going to make me be like, it's going to open my eyes. If we go four and two, okay, fine. We'll four and two against a media, against a mediocre schedule next process games. Cool. But it really, I think what, what matters most is the fashion in which we win and lose these games. That's, that's what really is going to count for me. Um, but I just, I have, my optimism is, is not there. And, and like nightly, I'm sitting there, I'm just looking at the screen because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like for whatever reason we 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 dive into being Nick fans. We are it's really in our blood, so we feel obligated to turn it on because it's like an itch you have to scratch. You got to see. And but every time I've done that this year, I haven't been like. The only time I was excited to watch the Knicks, honestly, was when I was at forty forty for the uh, for the home for the opener, mm-hmm. and. When we played Atlanta, I like coming into that game. I was like, okay. I like I like what I'm seeing. I like I'm liking what Jalen Brunson. Let's see what happens when we get get some top tier competition and have Trey Young back in his hostile environment. Let's see how we're going to respond. And it wasn't even Trey; it was Dejounte. Who we could have gotten for way we could have given Atlanta whatever they wanted for him. He would be the best player on our team right now. <laughs> That's a fact. You know, like, and I think it's it all comes back down to like how you're losing, as you said, yeah, right, where. If these were, if all of our losses were similar to the way we lost to Memphis, like it doesn't even have to go into overtime. Like, yo, this team's competing. Like, this team's got somewhere. This you can't, uh, you can't. Anyone around the league that's watching this team, that was a saving grace when we became the four seed before we even got Derrick Rose. It's that you watch this team and you can't say they're not giving it all. They're all. If you get another player, you add somebody here, you take them up to another level. And you can keep saying, all right, someone would want to come here for that. But when I watch this team, and if I'm a player around the league and I'm watching the Knicks and I'm seeing RJ, I'm seeing Randall, and I'm like, where is the, you know, if you're going to bring me in here, I got to know the rest of the team is going to be hustling and grinding it out because if you're bringing me in here, you're looking for me to help. And that's why even when we had the Donovan Mitchell talks, I was like, what does that really do for us? Like, and this doesn't say I didn't want Donovan Mitchell, but it was not an all or nothing type deal because what it, I just didn't have confidence after the season I saw before that everything would be like, all right, we're going to be a top four team. I'd be like, even people, when we, I was on Knicks fan, Knicks fan TV, we're breaking it down. I was like, yo, if we get Donovan Mitchell, we're a 51 team. I'm like, I don't even think we're a 51 team. I was like, I'm, I'm giving 48, like max. I think the team was going to be good, but. I'm not confident that 50 wins because there's a, there's a level of consistency and grit that goes there that I was not confident coming into this season. I see you want to say something, John. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm so happy you brought that up because we haven't had uh, y'all on for such a long time. And I agree with you, Alex. And we're, we're sitting here, you know, day after day, week after week, regretting the, the Donovan Mitchell stuff. And it's mostly because of RJ Barrett, right? Yeah. We, we, we didn't want to get rid of RJ Barrett. And now we're kind of having. You know, I guess not seller's remorse. Yo, what do you think? What do you, are, are you with us on that, man? Are, are you a little bit regretful that we didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell, especially the way RJ's been playing? I mean, it's, it really is based on just what RJ is, how RJ is playing. That's, that, that's, that's the end, the end of it for me because it's like, for me, it was, I was upset about the way they were carrying the trade, how Danny Ainge was trying to fleece us. And it was basically, what the end of the day, it was probably like seven or eight players for one player. We, as an organization, we're just not in a position to do that and compete for like championships. But when you do that, when you give those type of pieces away, you got to be, you got to be ready to compete for one seeds and home court advantage and like real live, like 
we can we have a legit chance to get to the finals. I didn't think we were even close to being there, honestly. And even if we had got Donovan in that trade, I think I was thinking 45 wins, 46 wins max, right? All that with the way RJ played from from January to April last year, how Obi had played, I said, with even with the way Grimes had played, and even the way Grimes played in the summer league, I said, okay, you know what? I can deal with this roster. Like, I can deal with this. Like, I think RJ's going to be a little more consistent than he was last year. I think Obi's going to get probably get a, a little more minutes. I think Grimes is going to – for me, the whole thing is like we kept Grimes. I'm like, we kept Grimes? This is a no-brainer. We're going to be fine. We're going to yeah. compete because I knew yes. I knew at least Grimes is going to compete in every possession and RJ was going to compete in every possession. And that has not materialized. You're right. Any of it. None <laughs> of it. It's actually like – the worst nightmare of of, of, <laughs> of, of of it all. It's the worst nightmare for our, Listen, I know RJ. I don't, I don't want to disparage because I love the kid. I really have a lot of love for RJ. But there was a stretch of games earlier this year, a stretch of like seven or eight games. Where Yo, we were shot, texting about it. <laughs> he shot like under thirty percent from the field. It is it is your fourth year, RJ Barrett. It is oh. your. When he was five for twenty, I wanted to throw up. I actually Yo, that to night was gross, man. <laughs> I, I I literally the other day I'm a, I'm in a, I'm in a group chat with a couple of Bulls fans and Lakers fans, probably like eight six of us, right? And I had to come in the chat the other day because my homie was like, "Damn, I didn't know uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. killed y'all like that." I was like, "Gentlemen," so I sent a voice and they're like, "Gentlemen, <laughs> I go live and avoiding this the entire year. Nobody's talked about the Knicks." And I was like, "We haven't talked about the Knicks, but they're really bad." And it's really because RJ really stinks. He's he's been really, and I know that's not the main reason why we're not we're not winning games. But it's hard to say out loud. We had to all we had to all come and and finally admit it out loud. I agree, man. man. It, bro, it is tough. I've been waiting because listen, we all know RJ's going to have a little slow start. It's fine. Second, th- second and third years, same thing. Slow start. Can't 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 hit the ocean from from the beach. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, somewhere around late November, he starts picking it up. But that didn't happen, man. It didn't happen. It was like brick after brick after brattle. We got sick. I text Alex like, "Yo, is something wrong with RJ?" It's something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Alex is telling me. Alex told me he has a cold, bro. He's this guy's had a cold for three weeks. And I'm like, it just <laughs> this doesn't look like the RJ I've known over and, and grown to love over the last two or three years. You know, yeah. You know what the issue is that because he's been stinking. Now we get the Cam Reddish talk. Like, oh, what about Cam Reddish? And now we talk about a guy, you know, here's the conversation. He's out of the rotation. And now people are like, what's going on here? Because Reddish Hive. Hey, the Reddish Hive is strong. The Reddish Hive is a strong hive. Very strong. It is very strong. It is. I, you know, I thought Frank Nilakina Hive was strong. This is a different hive, man. I don't know, dude. He got, he, we were down 20 after being up 20 and we gave Frank a standing ovation. So I don't know if anything will ever beat the Frank Hive, man. People, I don't know what Frank did while he was here that made people weird, <laughs> but I, I never, I never loved Frank. I was like, not like that. No, I, I rooted, I, I rooted for the kid. Don't get me wrong. I rooted for the kid. Yeah, I rooted yeah. for the kid to, to do well and all that stuff. I never made him out more to be like this phenomenal defensive stopper. There's any, I was like, yo, this is not that you dude. Remember, you remember Tibbs throwing him in at, on the, at the last play of game one to go check? Yeah, that was so dirty though. That was the dirtiest thing you could have ever done to but, that, but that's Tibbs. And that's, that, listen, to be honest, that is in the Joe Judge, like, that's a, that's an egregious play to make. You're trying to lose the game. What yeah. do you, what are you thinking right there? The guy, the kid has, you're going to make him go against a superstar point guard? The, he, hasn't, he, he has he hasn't have a bead of sweat on his face. He's gonna have him check him the last. He play probably had sweat from being so nervous. Like, yo, this is. A- yeah, but bro, I mean, that's Tibbs though. But that's. Well, I gotta bring up those memories, man. That 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 was right in my eye. That was right I, in my eye, man. It was it was hurtful for me, bro. Very hurtful night for me. Very hurtful. Very hurtful. It was terrible. But yo, Cam Reddish, man. So, where we make of this, man? Because I, he, you bench him. I think he's not out of the rotation. I wrote an article for Knicks Fan TV thinking he would be out of the rotation for Philly. He was somehow still in there. Made it all the way to this point. We got the Hawks on Wednesday. We're recording on Monday. 
I'm not even confident that he'd see minutes this Wednesday, which is crazy because it's against his old team. And I'd be like, as a, as a coach, there's an instinct like, he's going to have some sort of feeling against his old team. I think I may want to play this guy, but there's a, there, there's a, there, there's a feeling in the back of my head. I'm like, Cam's not playing that night, is he? But what do you think? What do you think? What do you guys think about? It? What do you think about this whole benching, the whole cam situation? Yeah, I'm going to go back to you, man. I think it's nasty. <laughs> I think it's nasty. <laughs> I just think, listen, man. Like, like you said, the, the accountability thing. You got to give players a chance. Like, listen, Cam Reddish. He has not been the greatest, but when, one thing he has been, I, I have to say about him, he's been engaged defensively every single game that I've watched him. He has played. He's played at the very. He's had to check sometimes the best player on the floor a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Had to check KD. That was hell for him. You know what I'm saying? It's going to affect his offense. So um, I, I just don't think he's been given a proper enough chance. But 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 um, he needs to play. I think he should have been playing. And I think this is the reason why you have to you have to you have to get rid of players in order to open up some some space on the floor or for players. Like I think Derrick Rose being there hurts his chances of being on the floor more. You know what I mean? I just think with the with the rotations and the guard rotations we have. He would him him playing a three or a three or a four wouldn't be a bad thing. Wouldn't be a bad thing on a small ball lineup. You understand what I'm saying? He needs to be on the floor. He's he's probably our most our, our, like athletically gifted player on our team. Oh, one hundred percent. No question. It's not between even- him and Grimes. Those are the two the, the, oh, between okay. the two guys with the highest ceiling. Those guys right there. Yo, yo, Jericho Sims entering the chat. He's pissed off at both of you guys. My <laughs> man can jump 15 <laughs> feet for a rebound. <laughs> and it's fine, but like, even when I say athletic, athletically gifted, it's like handle. Like, yeah, hey, I got you. I got you. I just love Jericho Sims. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love Sims, another guy who needs to be playing more, who should be playing, probably playing way more than Hart. Hart, Hart. Hey, he's getting those G League minutes. Don't worry, right? <laughs> he, 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 he the NBA minutes, though. And, that, and that's a fact. But as far as Cam's concerned, like, I, I just think sometimes Cam takes has a really bad shot selection, but it's, he's the type of player who needs to be – he needs the ball. So on a team with Julius and Jalen Brunson and, and RJ when he's on the start rotation or even when on the floor with Derrick Rose and, and quickly who are very ball dominant, it's tough for him to get it going. So when he gets the ball finally, it's, he's like he feels like, okay, I got to go make something happen. He if he if Well, I will say if he learned, maybe if he transitions his game to be a, a, a catch-and-shoot player – a three and a true three and D guy who can mix in sometimes, do some slashing and do some one on one every now and then. I think he might be better suited, but that's not his game, especially particularly as a twenty one year old. He hasn't learned that yet. But so, I, but I do feel like he's good enough to warrant playing at least twenty five to thirty minutes a game for this organization. I mean, who else do we have that can that's, that can at least the least can match up on defense and also give people issues on the other end? We don't have anybody like that. We don't. I agree. Like, look, I, I want him to play. I understand. And I think, I think listeners like don't understand that. I understand Cam needing to play and I want him to play. And then also understanding that he didn't have a great shot in Atlanta. He didn't really wow anybody because he won a larger role, but he never warranted that larger role, you know? And when you complain about RJ, yay, I know everyone doesn't like the politics and talent shows. always. But there's a level of like respect that you gotta give somebody that you drafted, that's worked for, you know, four years, that's got, that's ahead of you. And you can't just do that to RJ. Like there's, there's a level of respect you have to always give to somebody who's warranted from the actual organization they were drafted by and worked for. Cam coming in here, does he deserve minutes? 1000%. Do I think he should be getting 25 plus minutes? Absolutely. Do I think that we should be running an offense through Cam? No, <laughs> because at the same time, he also has to show that he is warranted to run an offense through and nowhere throughout his entire NBA career has he warranted that type of opportunity. But I do, I do think you have to create some offense for him and you have to realize when he's starting to get into rhythm because he gets that look in his eye. Like when he's, when he feels like he's been done dirty, like you see that on the court, like he gives like the glares and all. It's like, that's when the coach has to understand, like he's activated now. He's engaged. He's ready to go off. What's, what's, create some plays, designs for him, and get him going because he's ready to attack. That's like the nuance of the stuff that I need Tibbs to realize that he just doesn't realize. And that's also like for Cam, like I think he's starting to understand that being on this team, he has to work out from that role player to then move up to that next spot. Like everybody else, 
even for people who are clamoring for RJ. That's what he has to do. Like, that's, that's unfortunately what it is. This team is not designed like that. If Randall was in here and everybody else was in here, I'd be like, yo, everyone deserved touches. Everybody. But that's not how it is right now. And unfortunately, that's how it all has to work out. But he definitely does need to play. He, six, eight guy who, who's got a wingspan who can just, there's nobody on this team that drives to the basket like he does with the Euro and finishes like he does. And I love Grimes and Grimes, like both of them. I need to see a rotation with both of them at the two and the three. All right. Something like that. I, I, and I don't think I that's disrespectful. That. I don't think that's disrespectful for RJ, dude. I think it's disrespectful to give him 35 minutes a game and watch him shoot 46% on 25 shots. That's disrespectful to the Knicks, honestly. And there's no reason why we can't have a defensive lineup with Grimes and Cam Reddish because, yo, Coach Tibbs, you're a defensive coach and the team sucks at defense. Figure it out. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's that simple. That's the disrespect. The disrespect is against the defensive coach who is bottom five in the, in the league. But, like, that, that's as simple as I could put it. We got to stop getting in our feelings about players, man. Not only did we draft him, not only did we pay him, like, what else do we need? To, we, we have to massage him now every single day at work too, bro. It's crazy, dude. It's nuts. He stinks, bro. Just sit down. You have a cold. Great. Stay. What do we learn? What do we learn? If you're sick, stay home, right? Like, I don't understand, dude. Like, we, we coddle this guy. We're going to coddle this guy on, honestly until we die. Like, until, until it breaks us as a fan base. Nah, I agree with that. As a franchise. And we have to stop at some point. There's no reason Cam Reddish can't get minutes, bro. Nah, I agree with <laughs> crazy. that. Crazy. That's it's, really a crazy it's, prospect. No, like, and no, Fournier. I'm no, sorry. No, but it's no, crazy that Fournier can't even get on the damn court. It's just crazy. He can't play five minutes. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. No, no, no coach in the league would look at this roster and say, now nah, I'm going to bench Cam Reddish. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. nobody. Nah, n- nobody would do that. Based on, based on trying to sh- save your job and, and develop players and win games, if you're looking at the roster player for player, you're like, nah, he has to play. Obi has to play. Because they change the dynamic athletically. The speed, yeah, bro, you cannot teach things about speed and athleticism. Those things, those things don't, are, you can't teach them. When you have them, you have to use them. And we don't use them. You know what I'm saying? Like, got Julius that's, out here walking the ball up. That's the, that's the frustrating part. And, like, we have, like, even when it comes to Obi and he's not getting minutes, it's like, yo, he hustles. He does all this stuff. And I get tips. It's like, well, I need him to rebound more. It's like, don't we need easy buckets? Like, and I understand where he needs to rebound, but it's like he's been, it is like gone to the other end where it's like he's not even leaking out now in games. Now he's only spotting up for three and having to do the rebound. I'm like, yo, being judicious and not doing it at all are two different things. Like he still needs to leak out. You know, like I thought he was doing too much leaking out before. Now it's like none at all. I'm like, yo, there's got to be some sort of balance of doing it. You know, it's just like what John talked about for, for RJ and Cam. Like, yeah, RJ needs to play, but RJ doesn't need to play 35 and stink it up on the court. RJ Crazy. can play 25 and you can give Cam the other minutes if he's doing what you need at minimum, which is defense. You know what I mean? Like this is this is where it's like this is why I'm starting to lose out on tips. Like where where's the thoughtfulness that's coming into you? Look, you say no one's looking at the film, but it's like we're all talking about. It's like have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about this? Like 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 I, I think I ask myself who advises him because every coach has somebody that advi- they they go to. They like is who's is Van Gundy telling him to do this? Because it, it can't no. be. Van Gundy said nobody insulted him last year. Remember. Van Gundy oh, on a national well, televised game. Well, Aaron, I remember it. Was, was it was it Miami game? I believe it was Miami. Miami. He was like, yeah. he's like, insanity is doing both is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. He said that about Tibbs about doing the same lineups, and it was like, yo, your man is even calling you out. Like, change it up, bro. TV. It's it's so maddening because it's like, I'm just, yo, it's literally the same rotation. I tweeted the other day. I said, yo, we really are the same old Knicks. Yeah. Like it's it's tough to it's tough to even like dispute at this point because we literally do the exact same thing. We get players when they're too old. We never get the we're never in the mix when they're when players are in their prime. Then we put together a mediocre roster and we're never bad enough to get the top three seed, never good enough to make any noise <laughs> in the playoffs. It really is just like it's the same cycle over and over and over again. It's and then we also have young talent that's probably gonna go somewhere else because we don't give them a chance here. And we're like, oh, look, they contribute to some sort of... I wanted to ask you guys this question. 
if the Knicks had traded RJ and all the pieces to Utah for Donovan Mitchell, do you think RJ will be playing as bad as he is right now? Um, with that, that's, like, it's a, that's, it's a, that's only, only because I'm like, is it just the New York media? Or the has the, has the hundred million dollars taken you over and been like, because you know he's probably receiving a lot more attention now. Endorsements, you know, he, he's a known guy now in the city. If he's in Utah, is he playing this bad? Is what is what I'm asking. So I would say I I. It's a great question. I'd say probably no, because you know what? Because if he didn't get the contract, he still needs to work for the contract, and he'd be going to his last year. So I'm gonna say no because of that. Although I still think there'd be a part of him that'd be disappointed, but I also think that mentality of like I still need to earn mine, I still need to prove myself as a household name in the league, that would overcome the disappointment of leaving New York. But I think the ability of I think not the ability, but knowing that he was involved in trade talks when he was ecstatic to be a Nick and somebody who actually gave a damn to, you know, practice, work hard and do all that stuff. The fact that this front office was just so haphazard with these trade negotiations and he was even thrown in there. I would feel some sort of way like that this, like I've been giving everything. I've done everything this coach has asked me to do. You asked me to be a three and D guy my first year. I did that. You want me to be a fourth option on this team and be a defensive guy. I did that. Now you're, now you're saying it was all mistake. I can now be the third option guy. And now you're going to pay me just because. You had a deal where that if Utah didn't make a deal by a certain deadline, you were going to sign me. That's the issue is that the, the Knicks said, if you don't make a deal now, we're going to then sign RJ. All right. The deal's off the table. And then they extended him. That wasn't, we really wanted to keep RJ. And I think that messes with players, man. I think when you're thinking about that and you're a guy his age, like you come in here and you were never given a situation that was dedicated to you. Like Randall was like, yes, RJ was up there in usage and shots, but you had to. It was not really built for him though. But Randall was that guy leading that team. Second year, it was Randall leading that team. Third year, it was what Randall Randall's the engine, right? Tibbs's words, Randall's the engine. So you're drafted third overall. What world are you drafted third overall and not considered a focal point? of your offense to some degree until your fourth year of your contract. That's insanity. You know what I mean? And it's like, without playing I, with a superstar, it'd be okay. We'll see. He was playing with somebody that was like legitimate, like putting it in affecting wins, but it's Julius Randall. You know what I mean? It's not like he's playing with Anthony Davis or like one of these top tier guys. You know what I mean? So I, I, I definitely, and I, like I said, I want to cut artists some slack here about, cause what you got to think, like you said about, his mind frame after all of that, that summer, that, that's got to be a little tumultuous for me. You know what I'm saying? Like up and down, yeah, like in Utah or here, you, you name all the, like at first, remember, first reports came out, it was like there was, RJ Barrett was not in the trade. They said it was, it was not going to happen. Then we heard his name being sprinkled in here and there. And then it was like, it became real later on. You know, I'm sure that's messing with him to some, to certain, to a certain extent, but you know, you got to overcome that. You know that doesn't, mean? yeah, I was about to say, that does not excuse the piss poor play though. Like, you, I, I don't, you, this is a grown man's league. You got to get over that and get back out there and perform. All I'm saying is that I can get it. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make all like you're, you're entitled to your feelings and stuff like that. You still got to perform because at the end of the day, you now got the contract. You're now considered a third option on this team. It's time to put up or shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that was, I think that's a great question to have. And it's good for some perspective too. Um, because is it, is it, is it the Knicks or is it the player? And, and, and that's a good way to like kind of separate it and try to figure it out. In my opinion, Alex kind of hit it on the head. He would be in a contract year and everybody, Aaron Judge, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, doesn't matter who you are, Mitch Robinson. If you're in a contract year, you're going to absolutely kill it. So RJ Barrett, in my opinion, would be having a better year in Utah, but hear me out. Even if he was having the same exact number, same exact year, same exact play every single game, but for Utah, they would be giving this guy a standing ovation every single day, like hyping him up, encouraging him. It's okay. It's not a big deal. We're tanking anyway. Just like take your time. You got like two, three years to figure this out. And we'll kind of move on from there. 
it's just we have different expectations here. It is the New York media. It is because he got paid. And it is because we saw the fourth seed. Again, it, it, it is because of that. Dude, if we were the ninth seed that year, RJ Barrett's not getting an extension. Julius Randle's not getting an extension. This whole team is completely different. So as much as I hate everybody talking about, oh, I want the Knicks to lose. Oh, that, that fourth seed was so dumb, et cetera, et cetera. In hindsight, you were kind of right. Like I, I wouldn't change it for the world, but they were kind of right. And man, I, oh, I think you're right, dude. I think RJ would be actually better in Utah this year. It, it saddens me to say, but I don't know if they'd get more wins though. You know what I'm trying to say? Like Utah wouldn't be, wouldn't get more wins than they do now, or they wouldn't get more wins than the Knicks and vice versa. The Knicks, in my opinion, guys, if we traded the whole team and we had Donovan Mitchell, I think we'd have the same amount or not, or if not less wins as we stand right now. So the grass is always greener. This has been a very negative podcast, but the Knicks have been very negative, right? So it's 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 not on us, but yo, we have a nice schedule coming up. I'm, I'm going to be there next game on Wednesday. We got Atlanta coming. I have to be Atlanta's home in the garden. I'm, I'm coming on ESPN. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Trey Young's balding. We'll be screaming at you on the bench. I'm bald, so I'm allowed to say it, right? Those are the rules. All right, and we have we have Charlotte on Friday. That's a win. Friday night Knicks. I don't give a damn that it's on the road. We were, we're better on the road this year anyway. And then we come Sunday, we have JMU alumni night. I have no idea why we have JMU alumni night, but I'm hyped about it. JMU had a killer year. It's the Sacramento freaking Kings. It's 6 p.m. on a Sunday. We better win this game. The Jets are going to beat the Bills and the Knicks are going to beat the Kings. And we're going to go a three and oh, and we're going to have the Bulls back to back in Chicago. Makes no sense. Wednesday, Friday, staring at us right in the face. We're going to be above 500 going into that game, right? Dab smack in the middle of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, uh, that's really how I see it, man. I, I know it's crazy, but I, I do want to end. My notes would say, I, I do think D-Rose is going to be traded. Yeah, I think you're 100% on that. And he deserves to be traded. Put, put him on a contending team. Get us off the books. And let's just move on. I also think Hardenstein needs to sit down a little bit in order for us to actually win three games. He needs games to be traded. Bro. No, he does not <laughs> yeah. need to sit down. Okay, he fair. To be I'll try to be nice. That's no. the only way we can win three games no. in a row. No, no, no. You can't say down. trade Derrick Rose and just sit Hardenstein. No. If you're going to trade Derrick Rose, then you got to trade Hardenstein. I liked Hardenstein at the beginning of the season with the Lewis. The floater was working, man. It was going in every 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 chance it got. It was going in, but you know, it it turned out not to be too great, bro. You know. Yeah. Well, what do you think about this upcoming schedule, though? We got the Hawks, Hornets, Kings, uh, to Chicago. Sacramento's really good, low key. They are really good. <laughs> They're really really good. I Fun know. To watch. Um, Davion Mitchell was one of my favorite players, and when he was in college, um, good to see him. Uh, having some success over there with uh with Swiper Fox um <laughs> right now I think I think we beat Atlanta because we always somehow find a way to beat Atlanta during the year. Um, I know Trey Young, bro. Come on, we need the win. We have yeah, win. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think we beat Charlotte. We should beat Charlotte on the road. I think I think we lose to Sacramento though. Sacramento's really tough. Um. I think we get a split in sh- of Chicago. So three and two, then. You go three road, and two. Road, I know those are both road games. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's so weird. In the Indiana game, I think oh, we're just stopping in Chicago. We're just stopping. Chicago. We're just stopping okay. in Chicago. We're not. We're not, not going to do. But what do you got? What do you got for the Pacers? What do you got? Are we winning oh, that game? Man. I want to hear some optimism. Hear I don't want to hear that. No, 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 no. That's too far out for me, man. I don't want to okay. hear that. Let's just leave it in Chicago. It's just leave it in Chicago. I don't want to be too. <laughs> we'll keep it at five. Um. I think we get a split in Chicago. So I think I'm I'm looking at three and two here on this little five game stretch. I can get with that. I can get with three and two as well. Um, I think we're going to be Atlanta. I think we'll be Charlotte. I think we'll split. Something tells me we're not. We're going to lose to Sacramento. Sacramento's just good, man. They're, no, they're, we have to win on a Sunday. We have to win on a Sunday at home, man. Alex. I'm so sick of this. What are you talking about? We have to. I'm sorry, bro. The Sacramento's just hooping, bro. They're tough. They're, they're a tough to. team. They're a tough team. Um, and Chicago, we're going to win the Friday game and lose the Wednesday game because prime time now is just not our thing. Is that Wednesday prime time? Wednesday is prime time on ESPN. Damn, we got double Wednesday prime times on ESPN. And, you know, God, December 7th and December 14th. 
Why they keep doing this to us? I don't know, bro. I don't do not know. Yo, because they thought right, three they really and zero. Give me three and zero. They really thought they really thought we we're gonna get Donovan Mitchell. They're like, yo, they're probably gonna get Donovan Mitchell, man. They probably thought. I know they gave us the they gave us the Knicks Utah game prime time. That's when I thought it was all sealed and delivered. I'm be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, all right. That just lets you know, know above 500, baby. I'm so hyped. Let's go. Let's get some positivity in here. Let's right, go. We'll, we'll end positively after a very not negative. It was a real conversation. All right. This is Aaron honestly Gre- it was Aaron uh, 500. It was 500, bro. We're, we're just as, as much. We're up. We're down. We're 500. Just like these stupid Knicks, man. There you go. Got to be, be Got to be better. You got to be or worse. Or worse. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere. Yo, if we're talking about Wimbayama, I'm gonna listen. If we're talking about Wimbayama, I'm not gonna be upset. So we'll, let's get there when we get there. Like if, if we're not talking playoffs, I'm gonna get over it. If we're talking Wimbayama, but I already know we're never gonna get that guy in 10 million years, even if we have the worst record by 86 games. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're not getting him. Who is it? Uh, shout out to Jay Boogie who's been on the on, on the who's been uh, commenting in the chat. Uh, or on the comment section of the YouTube channel. Shout out to him. He actually had a good thought. He was like, you know, Utah's probably going to get the first overall pick this this year for some stupid reason. He's like, look, Pelicans, when they lost Anthony Davis, they got Zion. They lost Donovan they Mitchell, own, Rudy Gobert. The Knicks, the Knicks own them, though. I mean, not the Knicks. The NBA owns New Orleans. Though. That's why I always have a, I always have a pinfall hat when it comes to New Orleans. And he said, uh, you know, Utah's going to get Victor Wimbayama, which would... I would be very, I'd be distraught if that happened. Hopefully Danny Ainge doesn't deserve nice things. That's he not does fair. not, man. He does not. <laughs> but somehow, some way, they always find a way to get nice things. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Well, on that note, let's end on a happy note. Knicks are going to have the next five games are going to be three and two. They're going to have a winning, winning record over the next five games. Yeah. Thank you for hopping on with us, man, and chopping it up as always. Please let the listeners know where they can find your work, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a musician, rapper. I do a lot of rap music, uh, standard rap music, and also do um, sports, um, sports-based uh, rap music for television. So um, you can find me at Yao G's Music, Y-A-W-G-E-Z Music. It's on Twitter and IG. I'm up there talking about a whole, mainly the Knicks, uh, music, rap music. Uh, I'm mixing some politics here and there when I'm feeling kind of uh, Stokely Carmichael-ish. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm up there. I discuss anything. Just come holler at me. And, um, if you also, if you want to, if you want work as well, please, by all means, contact me. We'll, uh, provide some good services for you. Let's go. If you haven't, if you haven't checked out, make sure to go on to Spotify or iTunes and go listen to Yow's music. It's really good, really good music to go enjoy while you're riding in a car, man. Really is good stuff, especially when the bass slaps. I love everything about it. The flow is so good. Hell yeah. Is it like, I, I don't I don't give everybody praise for for their their art, but when I do, it's like I, I really do enjoy I really do enjoy your music, man. Really, really good stuff. Um, but thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Shed Success Podcast. You all know what to do. Please make sure you subscribe. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment or review, whatever you call it. We're also partnered with Fanside and Minute Media, so you can find this podcast on the Daily Knicks or the Jet Press. We also got that YouTube page. Knicks comma, Jets comma, ETC parent, no one writes out, etc. That shit's wild. Find the page, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. If you watch a video, hit the like button, leave a comment, add to the conversation. Come on. You want to know You want to know a comment that you could all leave? If you know Yao, and if you know his boy, we all hate Eric Bledsoe. All right? Eric Bledsoe <laughs> is the definition of mid. We don't want to hear any more Bledsoe talk. Don't even think about even adding him in some sort of conversation to the Knicks. Don't do it. All right? Don't do it. I got to put you in contact with him on Twitter, man. He hates Eric Bledsoe to this <laughs> Overrated, bro. Man's over. He had, like, a few good seasons. You, it, listen, it tur- y'all turned out to be right, man. I, I, I was a fan of. I thought. He, I thought. I thought I wanted him to be a Nick, but then, you know, he fizzled bad. Yeah, Hell yeah. no. He, he got paid in Milwaukee, and then it was like, yo, where is the defensive stopper? Word. Can Word. someone tell me? But uh, either way, if you like that comment, make sure to let us know what you feel about Eric Bledsoe in the comments, or you're just the Knicks in general, right? And while you're also over at the YouTube channel, we got another podcast. 
Winning Picks Weekly, also partnered with Minute Media. John, video producer Greg and our guy and coach Jim Murphy. These guys go through every single sport possible. If you enjoy putting money down the line because you love sports betting, these guys got you covered. They're doing college football, NFL. This guy's been on fire. Make sure to go check them out. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Catch you later, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets Cassandra podcast. We out. Let's go Knicks, baby. 3-0 coming up. <laughs>